Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. This is part two of the upside to a down market. By the way, did you see the image that Karen used? For <laughs> the upside down image. That was she, good. She, she did a nice put, job. She put us upside down. I know, but she did. Normally, she lets me see the thumbnails before she uses them. Oh. And this one, she didn't let me see. Surprise. <laughs> I know. It was kind of funny. Maybe she's. Maybe we've upset her, so she's going to start making our pictures all upside down. I'll have to figure that I one know. out. We'll have to yeah. see how today goes. Well, so, exactly. So today is part two. And we are going to be this, uh, the focus of this podcast, and yesterday was the start of this series, two-part series, is to give you all the upside to what a lot of people are perceiving as a very down market. And the reality of it is, is that in a market like this, there are actually a lot of advantages that need to be recognized, not just for buyers and sellers, but also for real estate agents. And I'm going to give you the big one, and uh, I'm going to give you one just off the top of my head that's not one of Julie's points, but it's a quick reminder to all of you. We are about to experience over the next three or four months what will most likely be one of the best opportunities in at least the last 14 years, and I thought about all my numbers uh, before I said all what I just did, to go after expired listings. In, in, you know, expires, but really any kind of listings, but expires in particular. There are so many expired listings. There are going to be so many listings that are going to come off the market from sellers who had unrealistic expectations, uh, agents who didn't know how to position the houses correctly on the market to reflect the market's expectations, all those good things. So if you've been waiting, hoping and praying that one day you'll become a listing agent, your opportunity has arised. Now, uh, absolutely put your best efforts towards becoming a powerful listing agent and your easy foot in the door is definitely going to be on the expired side of things. We are going to be sprinkling in more information like that throughout the rest of this podcast. So don't, do not be paying attention to the news. We look, we know guys, we pay attention. We are, you know, we look at home sales, we look at interest rates, we're knowing what's going on in the world, but we are realizing that even though there are, for some people, going to be a lot of headwinds in the real estate businesses. For other people, market shifts like this create opportunities. So it's, their money is still flowing. It's now just flowing to different people. And I want you to really kind of conceptualize what I'm saying. The easiest way to think about this is, frankly, the fact that you guys are all commissioned salespeople. So you make money every time you sell a house, no matter what direction the, you know, the market's going, right? No matter what direction interest rates are going, no matter what direction home values are going. Fortunately, home values because of inflation, um, I say fortunately with quotes around it, but home values with inflation are going to continue to increase. We talked about that yesterday. But in addition to that, the reality of it is, is that different people in changing markets make money than the ones in the previous market. So you will see new kings and queens being crowned in your local real estate markets. And it happens every time there's a big market shift like this. It's not just in real estate, obviously. It's any business that basically does not pivot fast enough to really embrace the new reality. I mean, Jerome Powell came out today and basically said what you know Julie and I have been saying now for a better part of a year that we are in a long-term inflationary cycle, which will result in you know high interest rates, but also very low GDP, gross domestic product. 
What does that all mean? It means that the boom days are over, at least for the foreseeable future. And as we discussed yesterday, the last time we were in a long-term inflationary bout like this, <laughs> that's a nice way of saying it, right? Yes. Was from 1967 to 1982, so more than 10 years, right? Are we in another long-term uh, you know, cycle like that? I absolutely think we are. And a lot of other people are agreeing with that as well. And uh, you need to open your mind to the fact that this is not just some temporary market adjustment. This is the new market. So what's going to happen is that buyers and sellers are going to, you know, they're going to have different needs, starting with psychological needs. They're going to need to know it's okay to buy, need to know it's okay to sell, need to know how to price. All these are skill-based conversations that you can easily have. So if you want to really know how to have an advantage in this marketplace, be the agent that those buyers and sellers choose to do business with because you've earned the right to be that agent because you know how to solve their problem. Do you see how this is the exact opposite of maybe something that you would have like maybe been led to believe it takes for you to be successful in real estate, say even only a year or two ago? Do you notice how everybody a year or two ago was talking about marketing and lead generation, branding and teams and logos and all the rest of it? But now it's about skills. So are you about skills? And if you're not, don't be surprised if you are in your marketplace needlessly struggling. And we've made it very easy for you to get your skills on. Simply become a member of Premier Coaching. You hear us talking about Premier Coaching every single day on this podcast. Now is your opportunity to, learn, uh, to join for free. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or you can just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Yes, you can join Premier Coaching now for free. Do not uh, hesitate. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Remember, when texting, message and data rates may apply. Yes, so this is part two of our two-part series. I might make it a three-part tomorrow. I'm still working on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of the upside to a down market. So if you missed points one through six, get caught up on yesterday. Excuse me. All right. So and, point number seven. And yes, in case you're curious, we are still getting over COVID. Uh, evidence that it's a live call. Okay. So homes are still appreciating and rents are still rising. Well, why does that matter? Because being a homeowner still makes more sense than renting. Real estate is still one of the best, <clears throat> excuse me, most stable, most predictable investments you can make. Thanks to inflation, you can still count on between 5 and 10% appreciation year over year, according to the latest reports from many economists. Remember that, quote, appreciating less is different than depreciating. So this is still the best investment that you can make. And remember, guys, I know this is hard for a lot of you that have just been in the business 5, 10, even 15 years. 20% year over year price increases, not normal. That's not normal. Five to 10 is still very healthy and still an excellent investment. Why don't you clear your throat? And I'm going to uh, go and do some little math for you guys. I did this yesterday and it was very, uh, I got a lot of nice comments, frankly, on Instagram that a lot of you guys were really appreciative of this. I want you to take the average $500,000 house. And let's just say, I don't know what your local property taxes are. I can't figure in it whether it's an HOA or not. But let's say for that $500,000 house with interest rates like they are now, let's say that house is going to cost you the equivalent of, I'll even make up a number that's probably a little bit on the high side, $40,000 a year, right? So let's call that $500,000 house. Let's say the thing's going to cost you around, you know, a little better than $3,000 a month. Adjust accordingly. So that's the obligation to living in the house. That is essentially what it's going to cost. P-I-T-I, not maintenance and upkeep and things like that. But generally speaking, let's call that around about what the correct number is. Now, if that house inflates in value, increases in value 
appreciates in value, whatever word you want to use. Goes up. Goes up by at least $40,000. That means that house effectively costs you nothing. You stay in that house. It costs you $40,000, but the value of the house went up by $40,000. What is your actual cost of living in the house? You live for free. That is better than renting. Renting is 100% interest. <laughs> That's exactly right. That And by the way, rental, uh, you want to know what's been going to be increasing uh, faster than the inflation rate on actual housing? It's rental costs because here's what's going to happen is that because of the fact that the interest rates are increasing, because of the fact that more people are going to have to stay long-term renters, that's going to create more demand for great rental properties, which means the rental prices are going to increase so that's something that you need to really be taking into consideration. So when you get stuck on interest rates, and they do matter, of course they matter. But when you get stuck on all these numbers, you got to look at things holistically. So we told you yesterday that Ray Dalio was predicting 5 to 6% a year in inflation. And Julie's, what she just read, and, and I have discovered the same thing, a lot of people are predicting more than you know, like 8 to 9% per year in inflation. By the way, that is ridiculous. Is. That is insane. And I don't mean it in a good way. I mean it in a bad way. Because not only is real estate going to hypothetically be increasing in cost by that amount, but so will everything else. Welcome to the new era. We've done this before, been here, done this, and we made yep. made it through. Our country did back, like I said, from 67 to 82. So don't worry. We'll get through this. But it's going to be very uncomfortable as the world transitions. Until people's wages catch up with the rising cost of everything, you're going to be, this is going to be a very uncomfortable, you know, probably next 12 to 24 months for a lot of people. Fortunately for all of you, you sell real estate and you got a raise from basically from a whole bunch of different facets. A, property values went up, but B, commissions are also expected to go up. So you're in, you will actually experience an, a potential increase in your personal income because of inflation. Because the market's becoming more competitive, because buyer agents commissions are rising. We told you yesterday about all the builders that are paying more in, in uh, co-op commissions. That trend is just getting started. Point number eight, Julie. Point number eight, and this is a very agent-centric point. When you personally carry more listing inventory, your lead generation actually becomes easier, not harder. Having just 30 days on the market changes everything instead of, you know, 30 seconds. Now you have sign calls, open houses, lead follow-up, just listed and sold campaigns, door knocking to generate around every listing. Every listing should produce a minimum of one more immediate listing for you in the same or competing neighborhood when you take advantage of slightly longer days on the market. See, I don't think 30 to 60 days on the market is a terrible thing. I think it's a fantastic thing for listing agents who have been frustrated by things selling instantly, having to battle, you know, 15 or 20 contracts and choose, and hopefully you chose the right one. Meanwhile, they weren't able to generate the way they can when something maybe takes a little bit longer. And look, old expireds, go to the neighborhood when you're doing a, you know, go. if you guys want access to great expired data, uh, just use Red X. That's who we used when we sold real estate. Just text the, the word R-E-D, RED, to 47372. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. But just as a fair example, when you've got a you know listing, uh, expired listing, let's say you call an expired, you use our scripts, you list the expired, that's new your brand new listing. 
You've got to work the heck out of that listing. We teach you how to do that premier coaching. It's not just all the obvious things, the brochure and the signs and all the rest of it, but you've got to work the neighborhood. You've got to let all the neighbors know you've got this house for sale. Do some homework in that community ahead of time. See if there were any for sale by owners that are no longer activists for sale by owners. Maybe they took their houses off the market, but those are probably very realistically, you know, there's the sellers who would still like to sell. Look for old expireds. Check to see what the neighbors, like, you know, you might be meandering into a community where there may have been a bunch of layoffs in a local employer, and a lot of people want to put their houses for sale. But you've got to get off your butts, you're going to have to do some real work. And I realize that a lot of you have been so spoiled, most of you have been so spoiled, that a listing was essentially, you could just take the listing to the bank and they'd give you almost money for it, you know, because it was just assumed it would sell so fast. Now you have to learn how to work it. That's one of the reasons we want you to join Premier Coaching. Because we all show you how off every one listing side, you can generate, like Julie said, at least three or four other transactions. Next point, Julie. Next point, number nine, no more wonky as-is contracts for your buyers. This means more buyers will have more confidence in their purchase since they'll actually know something about the house they're trying to buy. Yes, this means you will have to have a higher level of skill in negotiating on both the buyer and listing side with regard to inspections, but you can refer to our podcast series about how to deal with inspections. I think maybe 60 days ago, we did an entire week on how to deal with home inspections now that there's home inspections again. Now, why is this a good thing? Remember, this podcast series is all about the upside to a down market. Well, there are buyers who were not comfortable just buying as is only because the house was available, getting into a bidding war, and then having to spend money on top for the appraisal gap. So how many of those buyers are ready to come back having more confidence about what they're actually purchasing? I'm thinking of it from a competitive perspective. If I'm a buyer's agent and I'm trying to get the buyer to work, say it's a great buyer, great price range. I'm trying to get that buyer to work with me. Mm-hmm. And I tell the buyer that they can ask for inspections and you know how to negotiate the unsatisfactory conditions. Well, unsatisfactory conditions are, listeners, in case you don't know. Is <laughs> I was after, just wondering if you'd explain. <laughs> right. After you have a home inspection, the inspector will give you a list of things that are wrong with the house. And it is customary in a normal market for that seller, for the buyer and the seller to maybe come to terms on getting some of those things fixed if they're undisclosed, unsatisfactory conditions. We show you how to negotiate those things. We show you how to have conversations with buyers and sellers on all of that so you don't lose the deal and don't just you know be ham-fisted when you're working unsatisfactory conditions because you could easily screw up the deal. By the way, so could your home inspector. But when you are in a competitive environment where you're trying to convince a buyer to choose you as their buyer's agent and you explain to them that you know actually how to you know buyer work with buyers in a market like this where there's going to be unsatisfactory conditions and maybe the other agent that the buyer's also considering doesn't even know what a home inspection is because they've been so spoiled by this past market, you win. You get it? That's why knowledge is absolutely confidence. Knowledge absolutely is power in a market like this. Point number 10, Julie. Point number 10, sellers are much more compliant regarding both the price and the condition of the home. It's not enough to just be available on the market anymore. Now your listing has to be the best choice amongst the competition in order to sell. Again, sellers need you more and they appreciate your expertise. No more wondering why they're paying a commission because the house is going to just sell itself. Well, not only do sellers, obviously sellers need you more, but sort of the listing agents, right? If you're on the yes. buyer side, mm-hmm. the, the days of, uh, you know, and some of you guys experienced a lot of very unprofessional listing agents during the housing boom. <laughs> That's true. And uh, guess what else also dead? Pocket listings, no longer really a thing. Because now when a house comes for sale, 
that house is going to need immediate exposure to many different uh, potential buyers as possible. And now all these listing agents who may have been, let's just call them a tad aloof mm, over the yes. previous market, are now all wanting to be your besties. Guys, <laughs> kind of a funny turn of events, it's isn't kind it? kind of like the builders turning around, right? It's funny. <laughs> I know. That oh, is true. She was on the other foot now, guys. Okay, point number 11. You know, then, I, yeah. I, I say this. Sure. You were reading that point yesterday, and I actually was going to tell a story, and I just remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will make us... Julie's, I think it was her point number seven yesterday and we were talking about how built no it's point number two builders are now paying a lot more commission and julie rattled off a whole bunch of examples that are of builders national builders lennar and whatnot that are paying like five and six percent just in the buyer agent commission you guys want to know what the other end of this looks like other end of this rainbow (laughs) if it becomes a real buyer's market and there's a lot of homes still sitting in inventory with these uh, new construction builders I'm not making this up. I'll never forget this. You know exactly what I'm about to say. You're smiling. This is real. This is a real story. Julie and I were driving from Las Vegas to Southern California, and this was probably in 08 or 09. We were driving through Victorville, uh, which is what you have to pass from Las Vegas to, you know, Southern California. And there was a, actually it was a ratty ass, massive billboard from some builder. And it was Mm -hmm. a big builder, but it wasn't, I don't think it was a national builder. It was original builder. And the sign said, and I'm not making this up listeners, buy one, get one for free. Houses. Houses. Buy one, get one free. Yep. Buy a house in Victorville and the builder was going to give you a house for free. And maybe 24 months prior, maybe not even that many. That was one of the builders that was like, nope, no commission for you. We have people standing in line. And and this was in the sign itself looked like something out of a dystopian movie. It's a little apocalyptic. Yeah, it did. But that's how long it had been up. That's how fast things can change. Yep. So speaking of which, related, point number 11, iBuyers aren't so attractive anymore. Open Door is reducing the prices of its resale listings along with everyone else. I saw a chart and it had just basically plummeted. They'll have to prove their model works in a non-hyper-accelerating market if it's to survive. It's less likely for iBuyers to submit a crazy high offer negating your ability to list and sell the home as normal. Actually, one of our listeners um, sent me a link to an article and a couple podcasts that was talking mm-hmm. about the fact that there's agents in these different markets that hate Open Door, by the way, these yeah. agents do. And Open Door is losing their ass on the houses yep. that they're trying to sell. True. So they bought too high and now they're having to get rid of them. They're trying mm-hmm. to raise cash flow because they're all obviously panicky about what's going to happen with property values. Um, in a lot of cases, you know, the iBuyers were overpaying just to get, you know, basically they were they trying, inventory. Well, they were trying to compete to be the dominant iBuyer in the marketplace. Didn't work out, huh, Zillow? Well, I mean, now you're seeing the same thing happen. These are the types, there's in certain types of markets, cert, there's only like an iBuyer business model, for example. And a lot of these, uh, you know, real estate, financial tech, fintech businesses, they only work when market conditions are a certain way. And here's basically what the dominant market condition has to be. Ridiculously low interest rates. As soon as there's not ridiculously low interest rates, as soon as the FOMO is out of the market on behalf of buyers and sellers, as soon as it becomes a skills-based market, and all of a sudden all these fintech businesses, which everyone thought was the greatest thing ever, and fintech also in the same bucket often includes anybody who's trying to sell things to agents, uh, CRMs and marketing things and all the rest of it. All those businesses, basically, they start now having to pay for their own. Uh, they have to use 
they can't use borrowed money or they can't use investor money because investors don't want to invest them anymore. So now all of a sudden they actually have to pay their bills with cash flow from real paying customers. And they can't because most of these businesses only existed during this really weird time in history when the Fed printed all this money. Now this money's leaving or, or more or less gone. Now you're going to see all of these businesses. There's going to be so much reshuffling of the deck. It's going to be extraordinary. Listen to your coach. We've seen this before. Here's what's going to end up happening. The people with the skills and the people with the solid business plans, the people that know how to actually take care of their customers, the people that actually know how to get homes sold in markets like this, they're the ones that are going to be left standing. That's the same way it's happened every time there's a market reshuffle. Everyone is uh, waiting around for the Fed to start pumping a bunch of uh, money back into the economy. It's not going to happen. Those days are over. We're now into a different cycle. Now it's time to pay the bill. And this is the reason inflation is so high, and this is the reason interest rates are going higher. Point number 12, Julie. Point number 12, prices coming down are what we would call a wash. And I remember you and I would have these conversations with sellers. Yes, sellers will sell slightly down from the peak. However, remind them that they will also buy at less than the peak. As they say, it's a wash. This is still better than taking the highest bid, making yourself homeless, than spending money to rent until you can get into the next bidding war. So this, again, this is good. It's, it's not an obvious point. It's kind of a silver lining kind of point. <clears throat> but remember, there are many sellers who are still motivated to sell, and many of them are going to buy. The entire transaction has gotten easier because we don't have the craziness as much. Well, and this is the you know point number one from yesterday. The reason that people have bought and sold real estate forever is because they need a place to live. It's not more complicated than that. You know, they have more children, less children. They have, you know, they can't do stairs anymore. They want everything on a first level. They need to move closer to this, farther away from that. They need to this, that, and the other thing. It's the needs of humans that are always going, it's always going to push the market. Buying and selling real estate, owning a home, it, you know, having a place to live, even if it's just an apartment, that is a necessity. You guys aren't selling a want, you're selling a need. Get real clear in your mind about that. When everyone else is freaking out that the sky's falling because what's happening, you were smart enough, brilliant to get into real estate. Now, it can be a great curse if you're doing the wrong thing to try to basically make your business work. It can be an amazing blessing if you're doing the right thing. There's never been a time. There's been other times. I, I, I have, I'm going to think about that before I say it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think actually during the housing crush, there was actually uh, what I'm lots about to say. Yeah, there was lots of opportunity, but Different right, opportunity, not since the housing crash. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. Not since the housing crash has there been a time when caring, competent, and skilled real estate professionals been so needed. And it was during the housing crash, which Julie and I were the first coaching and training, national coaching and training organization to teach agents how to do short sales. We were one of the first ones to teach agents how to go after REOs and all of that. The short sale into the business was incredibly rewarding. Because you were able to help people, you know, essentially have a graceful exit from their homes and sometimes stay in their homes, pull their equity out, all those types of things. Avoid foreclosure. Exactly. Now, that was a deflationary time when things were going down in value. Now we're in an inflationary time, inflationary time, when things are going to continuously go up in value. Interest rates are going to continuously uh, increase. Everything else is going to continuously increase. You have to increase your skill set. You cannot be believing that you can only make more money during a certain kind of market. You cannot believe that your best days in real estate or life in general are behind you because all of a sudden Jerome Powell decided to raise the interest rates. That's just insane. Well, and in fact, your most loyal clients, you know, the ones who are going to be repeat and referral clients for you 
are the ones who had a real issue, a challenge, a need, where you were the problem solver and you took care of that for them. I was always amazed. You know, we had droves of fantastic past clients, but some of the most referring, most loyal ones were for sale by owners because they had tried it and they knew it was hard because they didn't do it on their own and they had more of an appreciation. Um, people that were in some kind of distress and some of the expireds, they would absolutely just send referrals our way all the time. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Well, that's different than somebody who probably, if we're being honest, some of your past listings, you guys, they probably could have been for sale by owners and still sold and wondered why they were paying you a commission. So I want to put this in context for all of you guys. This is the reason that even though we're in a uh, definitely a changing, shifting market for different reasons than any of us have ever experienced in our lifetimes for the most part, unless you're in your like late 60s, maybe even early 70s, you won't have remembered any things because you'll have been too young or not born yet you know, with regards to essentially the last real bad bout of inflation. When you are walking into a seller's house and the seller is going to walk away with a check and they're going to walk away potentially with a big check, trust me when I tell you that is a hell of a lot better than walking into a seller's house when they're going to lose money and potentially a hell of a lot of money. Or when they've stayed in the house for five or six or seven years and they're not making any money after they pay all the selling fees. When Julie and I sold real estate, and we sold hundreds of houses, we sold over 100 houses our first year in the business. We sold between 100 and 200 houses uh, per year for almost 10 years. Also, interest rates weren't three and a half percent. Well, they're around seven. Yeah. I mean, you know, seven. Uh, but the reality of it is, is during that time when Julie and I sold real estate, it was unusual for someone even after five or six years to actually make any money on their house, even with their down payment. Someone would buy a house, they'd stay in it for, you know, put 10% down, stay in it for two or three years. And by, when they went to sell the house, they were actually breaking even, not making any money. That was called normal. And you know what? People still bought and sold real estate. Yeah, sometimes sellers would actually bring more money to the table than the buyer did. Yeah, and those that becomes somewhat normal. It wasn't, you know, it was uncomfortable sometimes, especially when your commission was larger than what the seller was walking away from, or the seller was bringing the amount of money to closing that was equivalent to what you were making in commission. Yeah, those were uncomfortable. Those were uncomfortable. That's called don't have a round table closing. <laughs> exactly. Split up the parties. Split up the parties, right? You know, minimize the embarrassment and the uncomfortableness of it all. But the reality of it was, trust me when I tell you, that is a hell of a lot more of a difficult market psychologically and financially than what we're dealing with now. Now, you walk into a seller's house, and if they've been there for two or three years, chances are the house is worth at least 25% more than they paid for it. <laughs> Whatever comes on the other side of that conversation is not going to be anything like telling them that they're going to have to bring a big check to closing just yeah, to get rid of the house. And maybe you have to do one price reduction so they're walking away with 20% more instead of 25% more. That's still going to be just fine. Exactly. The biggest challenge all of you guys are going to have, and we teach you how to do this in, uh, um, you know, obviously premier coaching is you're going to walk into situations where basically people are going to have selling their, you know, house and they're going to walk away with say a hundred thousand dollars. And then they're going to, you know, essentially have to realize what the payment's going to be on the new house that they maybe wanted to go up from 500 to say 700. And now they're going to realize that the $700,000 house 
is going to cost more even with their 100 down than they actually thought. So there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have to adjust their expectations as far as what they can actually afford. Do not expect sellers to lower their prices because what will happen if a seller has to sell and they're not getting an offer on the house, let's say they have to sell because they're getting relocated or whatever, they're going to be able to rent it because the rental on that house, because their mortgage for the most part, it's virtually every mortgage that was issued in the United States is uh, less than like three and a half percent. So you have a massive number of mortgage holders who have essentially the cheapest debt that they're ever going to have in their lives. They're going to hold those homes as rentals. That is the real problem that nobody's talking about. Well, that's also keeping inventory levels suppressed. Okay. And I have to say, you're absolutely spot on on this because I just have had a series of coaching calls today, of course, with our elite coaching clients. And I think probably about half of my calls today were that very conversation where they had a really good listing lead, but the conversation was, should I just keep it because my rate's low and turn it into a rental? So we were talking about the possibility of putting it for lease and for sale at the same time. Remember, we did that occasionally. Oh, yeah. And to see what would happen. Would the market pay them what they needed to make in a lease to make it make sense with their property taxes, HOA, and all the rest? Does it make sense to do that? Or will they get an offer in hand that's so good that they can't turn it down? Well, the answer is you're, do not talk yourself out of the listing because the seller wants to lease it. Exactly. And that's what a lot of you guys are going to do. You're going to try to talk a seller out. You, know, you don't want to be dealing with tenants. Or I don't do leases. Exactly. You're going to do some moron move and you're gonna co- it's going to cost yourself the listing. So your answer, and if you don't have a property management company that you work with, then find one that's local that you trust. And by the way, find one that doesn't list their own properties. You'd be shocked how many property management companies refer their properties under management when they come when they're needing to be sold to independent agents like you. So find a property management company that doesn't list their own properties when they come for sale. Try to get referrals from them from li- uh, for potential listings, mm-hmm. and then ask them if they'd be interested in managing the property if you know push comes to shove and the house doesn't sell. Because that's oftentimes what's going to happen in a market like this, especially listeners in the really upper end. You're going to be dealing with a lot of sellers in the upper end when you're dealing with people with you know that are decamillionaires on up. They don't have to sell. There is no have to sell with folks like that. They're just going to decide to lease. Don't try to talk them out of it. You know, another idea is to start a, a property management p- a company and just you can then walk into a seller's house and say, Mr. Seller, I got two options for you. We're going to retail the house. And if all the numbers make sense, do you accept the offer from the buyer? Then that was the way to go. If for some reason we don't get an offer that makes sense to you, if the numbers don't make sense, then we can lease the property out. We can revisit it when the lease is up. The idea is that you can then hypothetically have a long-term relationship with that seller and get the listing when it goes back for sale. And yes, of course, you're going to charge a commission for leasing the property. Commissions for property leasing management and whatnot are basically the same as they are for sales commissions. So keep that in mind. And by the way, nice thing about property management is it does create recurring revenue for you long term, which also would be a nice little widget to have during these changing economic times. I'm sure all of you will agree. And yes, of course, we have something about property management in Premier Coaching. And if you're ready to join Premier Coaching, which all of you should be, text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Remember when texting, message and data rates may apply. You were about to say something? Well, so ultimately in Premier Coaching, one of our main directives is to coach you to be able to say, yes, it would be my pleasure to help you with that. And if you still don't have any idea what that is, property management, it could be leasing, it could be, you know, dealing with luxury, we have coaches to help you with that. That way you're never saying, nope, not my cup of tea. Let me find somebody to refer that to you. I don't really know what I'm doing with that. You never get stuck. And some of you guys are not having real estate conversations 
because you live in fear of not knowing what to say or how to say it. And that's why we have scripts. You actually touched on something that's really important that I haven't actually had this thought since 2007, uh, you know, when the market started to crash. Mm -hmm. If you guys are ever in a situation where you feel like you have to say no when a buyer or seller asks if you can help them, you're not going to make it. You're not going to survive. 100%. You have to be able to say yes to everybody. You have to say yes to solving every single person's problem. You can never say no. You can't. You have to be more diverse in your skill set. You can't just be, I'm a luxury property who works on waterfront. Good luck with that. You're going to have to have more versatility in your skill set. Well, the most versatile agents historically in any kind of market, up, down, or sideways, high interest rates or low, the most versatile agents who are able to, the definition of versatility is the ability to work with a variety of different types of people that talks about personality styles, different price ranges, et cetera, but also in a variety of different types of situations. If somebody wants to look into leasing it, and you know probably it's not going to lease, instead of you know giving that up as a lead, you say, you know what, let's look into that. Here are some options, A, B, and C, which is best for you? Instead of walking away from that or not opening your mouth to talk about real estate in the first place, your job is to say, yes, it's my pleasure. I would be happy to help you with that. Here's the problem a lot of you are going to have. You are stuck in situations that are obsolete at this point. You don't know they're obsolete yet, but they're obsolete. You are wearing, well, I should, I was, I can't say wearing bell bottoms because those are trendy again. (laughs) (laughs) I have to think about what uh, yeah. wearing, You're wearing a velvet suit. No, that will be no. the two people won't get that. Well, look, if you're in a brokerage situation that doesn't support you being being able to offer a, you know, a variety of services, having a lot of versatility in the type of people you can help, you need to change brokerages. If you don't have a real, you know, a resolute luxury division in your brokerage, you need to change brokerages. If you're if, saying no more than you're saying yes, you have a problem. If you are, uh, you know, not dealing every single day with powerful relocation uh, opportunities, you need to change brokerages. If you're not making money from revenue share and from other types of things, you need to change brokerages. And thousands of you are changing brokerages and you're moving over to EXP Realty. One of the best business decisions Julie and I made in our 31 years of being married and working together has absolutely been aligning with EXP Realty. We would welcome the opportunity to earn the right to be your EXP Realty sponsor. If you've not yet chosen a sponsor at EXP Realty, we would love the opportunity to be so. Please text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And again, guys, all of you should have your eyes open to EXP. Many of you are looking to join EXP, and we'd love the opportunity to be your EXP Realty sponsor. Text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.